Welcome to episode 19 of the Midday Mumbles podcast. I'm Gage. I'm Isaac. And I'm Brody. And today we have a special guest on the line, Thomas Young. How you doing, Thomas? Hi, I'm doing pretty good. And yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, but before we get to the episode, this episode is brought to you by our Patreon. As usual, go to patreon.com slash middaymumbles to help support the show. Again, that's patreon.com slash middaymumbles. One more time, that's patreon.com slash middaymumbles. Let's get right into the show. What, no? what, what, oh. uh, what, wow, we're going <laughs> fast tonight. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> so how's everyone doing today, this uh, this week? Uh Brody, Isaac, and, uh, and Thomas. Thomas is our special guest today. Uh, he's from the main GOP, uh, the great old party. <laughs> <laughs> that I am. We try and tell jokes on this program. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> our jokes are subpar. Um, <laughs> at best. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so how's everyone doing today? I'm I'm uh, I'm doing good. I am yeah. I am doing pretty swell. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's been a kind of a boring week, but has it been? It, yeah, I mean, not much going on. Just just kind of doing the routine. It's been a it's a warm week. It has been a warm week. That's been that's been nice. It's a you know spring. Spring's coming. Spring's coming. We uh, we lost an hour. Yeah, yeah. Spring. I I, uh, I saw a funny a funny uh, post on on Facebook that was like all the stages of going from winter to spring in Maine. It was like mm. winter fools spring winter two. <laughs> <laughs> I saw something like that. <laughs> How's the weather where you are at, Thomas? Um, very muddy. I actually had to recancel or sorry reschedule one of my appointments because I couldn't get up their their road. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really? real, real muddy in Jay. Gotta Ooh. gotta throw on your mud trucking tires. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so why don't we jump straight into it, Thomas? Why don't you tell the the listeners uh, what you do for the main GOP? Um, and yeah. Well, I guess to start off, I, I'm a field organizer for Trump Victory, and Trump Victory is basically the. RNC, the main GOP, and Trump's re-election campaign all meshed into one. And really what I do there is I organize volunteers, register voters, make sure petitions get signed, and basically just overall keep the volunteer base active and give them options to participate in politics. So from what I hear, you guys are looking for volunteers, uh, a lot of volunteers um, for the Trump victory. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, we are always looking for volunteers. I mean, in a perfect world, every registered voter is volunteering for one side or the other, preferably us, of course. But yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm yeah. going to vote for Donald Trump and help help support the uh, <laughs> candidacy of someone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Give him a fair chance. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so w- when did you start with the GOP? How did you get involved? You, uh, from what I've heard, you, uh, you, uh, for what, from what you told me, um, you just uh, you volunteered first, and then you you got a position, correct? Yeah, and that's actually fairly standard for how we recruit. So, uh, I started working with Paul Brown, a local candidate, a couple of years ago, and I joined the College Republicans here at UMF University of Maine at Farmington. For those that don't know. And yeah, then I became the president and treasurer of that club. Uh, one of my bosses, Benjamin Hincher, reached out to me. He thought I'd make a good volunteer. I worked with him for a little bit. Yep. I became a field fellow. And from there, I progressed to field organizer. Sweet. That's a good so, system. Uh, yeah. Because uh, then everyone that has, you know, a, a power... They, they're someone that's actually passionate about it. It's not just some random nobody. Absolutely. I like that. Yeah, and it, it's a pretty uh, simplistic progression. You, you do well at your job and you get more responsibilities. You are in charge of more people. At the volunteer level, that doesn't matter as much because you're not necessarily in charge of anyone. However, once you start progressing, you are in charge of more and yeah. more people. Makes sense. So yeah, um, you, you go around recruiting uh uh people to join either as a volunteer uh well yeah mostly volunteers from what you've told me 
Um, so how do you find people other? Th- yeah. How, how do you find people to, to volunteer? <laughs> well, that's actually a really interesting one. What the way I go about it personally is we do a lot of voter registration. And if I notice they yep. check the, the Republican box, I tend to ask them if they volunteered before, if they have any interest in volunteering. So that's how I find my people. But for example, Gage, I found you through my boss, Sharon, and she just saw that you were wearing a, yep. a Make America Great hat, again hat, I believe. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, anywhere and everywhere is where we're looking for volunteers. I know some of us have found uh, a chiropractor for one of our our staff members. They just have to start talking about politics. They mentioned their big Trump guy, and now he's a good volunteer for us. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I actually I've met Thomas in uh, in person once before, and uh, and I was telling him uh, I, I told you Thomas that I've I've gotten more compliments for my hat than I think anything before. Like uh, for for the country being so divided, I seem to to get a lot of uh, of uh, positive uh, responses towards it, especially locally. Well, well Gage, we I a, mean, to be fair, you also do get a lot of dirty looks for it too. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, both yeah. ways, but I've never had, I've never had a dirty look person speak up to me and say, yeah, like I've never had that happen before, but I have a lot of people who are Trump supporters. They love what he's doing. Cause I mean, he's doing a great job and, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, he, he's doing a, he, I mean, he, he's, he's done more in his first term. Then I think, and, and this is, this could be debatable, but I think personally, he's done a really good job. You know, he's, he's not a career politician. And that's, that's really what I think voters are looking for in 2016 and what they'll be looking for again this November, which is, uh, I say it's, it's pretty awesome. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, I, I so you, you go to Farmington, correct? Yeah. Farmington that College. I do. So what are your plans anyway? Like, what are you, what are you uh, doing with that? Well, currently I'm a political science major. I have minors in philosophy, legal studies, and international global studies, which I fell into a couple yep. of those just because of the way general education works. Um, and then I plan yep. on going to law school. Law school. Yeah. So uh, are, are you doing, are you planning on running for any, uh, any office later on? As of right now, I'm not really sure. I think we talked about this a little bit. I'm not opposed to yeah, it, yeah, but yeah, I don't yeah. think I'll ever go for anything high profile like presidency or anything. <laughs> well, <laughs> just seems like too the much thing work about, for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, well, not just that, but you're in the spot when when someone runs for president, they're in the spotlight of everything. Well, yeah, um, every, everything you've ever done in your entire life is just going to get starting. It's everything will be found. They will mention everything. You are on the spotlight. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of pressure to hold that position. I can imagine, um, uh, you know, and not just that. I mean, any any high position like that. Um, I mean, just look at what they did with uh, Brett Kavanaugh, for instance. His family uh, that went on for a couple months, and uh, it turned out that it was all false. It was it was made up, which kind of I don't know. Just politics nowadays. It, I think it ought to be you run. But we there's so much dirty money, dirty dirty stuff in politics, and it's uh, you know you're always seeing those campaign ads where I don't know I don't know it's uh it definitely is, it's a big turnoff for people to get into politics because they don't want their whole life spewed out into a thirty second commercial <laughs> uh, during the news. So a big part of that is sadly the divide that's been happening lately. I mean, both sides are just getting way too into the mode of attacking each other and. You said earlier you get a lot of people yeah. that compliment your hat, and we love to hear that. Not just because it's support for us, but because it's people just communicating about politics in a friendly way, and we love that here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would I would say that's one of the biggest problems in our country that I've even noticed in school and whatnot. Is I uh, I have some sort of view on something. I'm passionate about it. And I can't just really have a general discussion without people getting upset about it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hear their side of it. I'm trying to rationalize with them, you know, to really figure out how I feel about subjects. But everyone's just closed to that now. There's, there's no communication. Yeah, I fully agree. The divide is awful. I mean, I have a lot of voters or actually not voters, people I'm trying to register because I think everyone should register to vote. It's a huge part of our system and they just refuse to because they don't want to get into politics because they see the attacking and 
the divisiveness and they just want no part of it, which is just a tragedy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely annoying. I mean, we live in a democracy and you hear you heard all those people in 2016 complaining when Trump got elected. Like I was telling you in person, um, a lot of people, believe it or not, then a lot of older people, too, they don't know if they're registered to vote or not. And that's definitely a terrible thing because a lot of them haven't voted in years um, because, you know, as politics, as usual go on, politics is getting more uh, heated to the point where you have radical left and radical right people just you know, full on attacking like uh, like that scene at the end of Avengers Endgame. Like they're just going at it. You know what I mean? So, so <laughs> but uh yeah, <laughs> we just, I don't know. We need to, we need to really find middle ground. We, there's too many radical people on the, on the left and the right. We need some moderates that need to go in and get stuff done. And I think that's definitely what Trump's doing because he knows how to, how to do, de- he knows how to do deals. I mean, he, uh, he built his, his empire in New York City. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's had businesses that have succeeded. They failed. I mean that's that's life, but he's really doing a good job, from my opinion, my stance, and from a lot of people I speak to, um, as president. So, yeah, so, I- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we go on tangents a lot on this show. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I I would I would interject, but you're just going so uh, so so much. So <laughs> there's, fast, there's no yeah. there's no right place. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so. So you're going. So you have plans to to get into law, like you said, um, uh, Thomas, right? Yep, I have plans to go into law as a prosecutor, probably a district attorney somewhere. Cool. Uh, so are you planning on eventually uh, uh, working your way up as a as as a? How does that work, a judge? I don't know. Is that is am I am I saying <laughs> the right thing? I have no idea how the law <laughs> law system works. But yeah, I, I put a little thought into it, but not a lot. I mean. My dad was a cop, so for the longest time, I wanted to follow in his footsteps to be a real-life superhero sort of deal. But then around the time yeah. Black Lives Matter came out and then that whole controversy, I realized that cops don't always get the uh, the respect they deserve. So I decided oh, for to sure. take a different approach to the legal system. And instead of going and getting the bad guys, just making sure that the people who commit crimes are actually put away and they don't slip through the justice system. That's a, that's yeah, a... That's- that's a noble way of thinking about that. I, I like <laughs> that. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people look at people in the law system as just liars, not as people that are genuinely trying to do a good thing. So it's 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 good to hear. Yeah, I see a lot of defense attorneys uh, catch a lot of flack because they're defending people who either have committed crimes or obviously have been alleged to commit crimes. But what a lot of people don't understand is the legal system doesn't work without them. I mean. I chose prosecutor, but I have all the respect for defense attorneys. I mean, without them, we don't have a justice system, quite simply. Right. I mean, if if you were just going to get locked up for every little thing that you're accused of, even if you didn't do it, and you have no system of defending yourself, that's that's an awful system. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I actually have a cousin down in Georgia. He is currently in the works of becoming a defense attorney, which the family always jokes about because we're on opposite sides, but... His whole deal is uh, he saw the legal system from the inside and he decided that the people who need defense need good defense because quite like I said, you just don't have a justice system if it's one sided. Right. I would I would like to see the uh, the family arguments that happened between you two if that ever (laughs) happens. It'd be be intense. (laughs) They are. (laughs) <laughs> so i got a question for you thomas anyway what do you what do you think of this uh this whole uh coronavirus thing anyway you think uh you think it's being blown out of proportion <laughs> you know i definitely think it's worthy of taking some precautions no doubt it's it's quite the virus that's come out however i do think it's being blown out of proportion by the media i mean the death rate's definitely nothing that we can just ignore but i don't think it's worthy of panic to the point of we literally have stores running out of hand sanitizer and toilet paper and paper towels. And it's really the panic of these people who are over preparing that cause the shortages, which then make panic worthwhile. If everyone just right. a little yeah. bit, I think we'd be in a much better spot. And we are taking steps to make ourselves safe at the governmental level. Yeah. I, um, I, I, 
Yeah, I've I've I, uh, I've seen some. So I was watching uh, Fox the other night, and I was saying uh, they were criticizing um, Trump's choice to put Mike Pence in charge on on the whole corona coronavirus thing. And uh, I don't know. I I think uh, I think it's it's more or less in Asia, you know, China and all that. I, I don't think it's really something we should worry about well, over here as much. Well, Gage, I think you said something there that that's that's pretty uh, pivotal because Trump took something that he could have power over and he chose to hand it down to someone so that he can yeah. better do his job, which is really big because most people in power in most countries, they won't let down that power. They want ultimate power. That, that's a good that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, I wasn't saying I was. Just I know. Saying I know. That's not where you're going. Like, it's just that that came to my head, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, have there been any reported deaths in the U.S. of coronavirus? Yeah. There have been. Yeah. Tons like over 20. Yeah. I heard some uh, some stuff. It was in New Hampshire a couple weeks ago. It, it, the first case in New Hampshire. I'm. I'm praying to God it doesn't come to Maine. I'll tell you why. <laughs> but um, I, I, it's only affecting older, uh, older people like really bad. A lot of younger people are getting sick, and a lot of people don't even have symptoms. So we don't really know how many people are, um, uh, uh have it or you know have signs of it because a lot of people don't even have symptoms, which is kind of scary. Yeah, that- well, it, it's a it's a really sneaky virus. Yeah, that's definitely yes. the scariest part. The fact that it can be transferred and transmitted before the symptoms show. I mean, I'm in no position to know how you would even fight that. I'm glad we have people who are much more knowledgeable than me in charge, but that's <laughs> certainly the scary part. Yeah. I mean, if we want to sue coronavirus, I think, I think <laughs> we've got the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I... I uh... I, I I said I said the same thing. Uh, I was uh, we were doing a podcast. Uh, I, it was just Brody and I uh, quite a few weeks ago, and uh, Brody was talking about the the coronavirus stats and um, and I was saying it's going to be similar to Ebola. You know, it's going to come into the U.S. It's going to be a few cases, and we're not going to hear anything about it. But this has been constant, like constant on the news every night. I've seen so many reports on CBS, ABC, Fox, all the MSNBC, all those big um, news networks and. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a bigger deal, but I, there was a stat that a scientist had said um, that about 100 uh, million people are going to be affected by February 22nd in, in the United States. I don't think there's any more than a thousand or something. The la- last time I, I looked into it, but um, it's definitely not 120 million. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I don't know. Just uh, praying to God that it doesn't come to. to I'm glad we live in rural Maine. I mean, yeah, I live we, in rural we, Maine. we have the best situ or not situation, but we're in the best position for this. We're in a developed country in a low population area. We, we stand pretty good chances. <laughs> we do, yeah. And even if it did come to Maine, Portland, maybe right. But- we're going to be fine, you know? Just hunker down a little bit in Jackman. We'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> God, old Jackman. They must be... Yeah, yeah. They must be scared about it, though, in uh, at Farmington. Um, I actually haven't heard any real concern from anyone around here. Uh, my buddy from Orono, not Farmington, but somewhat close by, sister schools, he's a little scared about it, but... Again, yeah. from the common people, I haven't heard too much scare around here. My buddy from Orono, a.k.a. Brody, is a little scared about it, too. So uh. <laughs> They started doing that thing where it's like they put the, hand, the sanitizer in a sprayer. They go down the halls in the morning and they spray the doorknobs. It kind of looks like those little clippets from where they're going down the streets with the fumigator things. Huh. Desanitizing. Yeah. It's kind of flipping me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you scared, Brody? A little. You might get the coronavirus. I don't know. Just don't just don't come home for like months, okay? You're already you know, you've been exposed. You're you're too Brody. far gone. I'm not talking yeah. to you anymore. Yeah. I might catch you through this po- get out, leave the podcast right now, Brody. I don't want <laughs> Oh my God! It's yeah, good to hear their uh, steps, but, 
Yeah. Yeah. I was just in Waterville before we, I just got back and, uh, and I was just, I was thinking, oh my God, I like I'm in the public place. There's a lot of people. One of them could have the coronavirus. Okay. I, I love how uh, the CDC has basically been like, wash your hands and don't travel to Italy or China. And everyone's like, panic! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, we gotta do every precaution imaginable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it is a, a scary disease that a lot of people are, are scared of, Isaac. I mean, yeah. You know, like, yeah, just, just, it'll run its course. Let it run its course. And before you know it, we'll be on to the next thing. Yeah. The the thing about it is it's definitely worth being, uh, it's worth knowing about it. It's worth taking some precautions, but you have to keep in mind, there's not a whole lot you can do personally, other than what they always recommend when anything breaks right. out, just wash your hands. Don't go to huge crowds for right now. And just generally don't touch your mouth, your nose, your ears. And that's the yeah. best you can do. There's no point in overly worrying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, uh, I don't know. My, my biggest concern with the whole coronavirus thing is that it's going to damage the economy in China, which will lead yep. to damage in our economy because we're so connected now. And that, that, that would be bad. I would not like that. <laughs> But we did just have record, like it went down a little bit, and then it, we've had a record, another record day. So I don't think it's affecting the markets too much. The only, it'll only start affecting the markets when we're not a, like when Trump, if if Trump does this, but shutting off trade from China, that's when it's gonna really screw us. But I don't, think I don't we think we could do happen. that. We're we're far too dependent on China. I don't, I don't think we could cut off trade. Yeah, I don't. It it's um. It's definitely something that uh, it's a predicament. We're in a predicament right now, but no, I, I mean, like I was, I was telling Thomas when we, uh, I had a conversation with him not long ago. Like uh, when Trump first came into office, he was telling telling companies, you know, you need to start manufacturing in the United States. There's no more going overseas, manufacturing it with cheap labor, cheap parts, and then shipping it to the United States, and we're not getting any, uh, you know, any any uh you know money from that because you know basically stealing you know we're, we're losing american jobs because like um general motors for instance it was around the holidays oh it must have been a year or two ago i remember i remember hearing about it though i was watching the news and a ton of people employees were laid off and uh, they were closing their branch and moving to mexico and i remember trump was saying something about how that's not going to happen um or you guys are going to be chart you know tariffs hardcore and i remember them them i believe they they didn't move the entire operation but geez i mean that's that's why trump is a good asset to the united states because we rely so heavily on china that anytime something like this happens we're basically screwed because you know eventually <laughs> if especially if it no i'm i'm being serious isaac if it, you know originates in china or wherever it originated we, I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm not laughing at what you're saying. I'm just laughing at. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> just we're Americans. We're consumers. You know, we still need to consume stuff. So right. So, yeah, uh, for sure. So I got another question for you, Thomas. I. Uh, so what do you think of Trump's Twitter anyway? What's uh, what, <laughs> what what do you think about that? You know, Twitter is a great tool for getting your thoughts of the moment across, and it's. I actually really like that the president's on Twitter because. We can see what he's saying, not just through press releases and what he says on TV, but this is like an inside scoop on how he really feels. I do think occasionally he might uh, say some things or he doesn't spell check as often as maybe he should looking at Covfefe. Oh, no, I'm really glad he has that. Maybe connection isn't the word, but that connection with the voters. He really lets us see what's going on in his mind. And I like that. Oh, I, I do too, no doubt. It's uh it's pure pure epic. I, I love just watching his Twitter go because I gotta say, I I agree with about ninety percent of what he does, but it's always funny to to see those tweets. And then you see them on, on the news, breaking news on MSNBC the oh next my day. Gosh, it's like, can you believe what Trump just said on his Twitter? 
Remember when he tweeted that picture of him on Rocky's body or whatever? And like it was all they they had to fact check that on MSNBC. It, <laughs> that is not actually Trump's body. No shit, no shit, Don Lemon. <laughs> uh, that's one good looking seventy two year old. I'll tell you what, but yeah, no, I I love his Twitter so much. It's great. I I I hate how they criticize it so much. The latest the latest thing was uh was. Trump had tweeted a video of Joe Biden screw because Joe Biden he's he screws up whenever he talks, and it was a video of Joe Biden saying, "The only thing we can do we're we're gonna we're gonna lose in twenty twenty twenty. The only thing we can do is reelect Donald Trump." And it obviously was edited. It looked edited. I think it was like a carpe carpe Dante or whatever his name is, the meme maker. And uh, Trump retweets his stuff all the time. Well, he retweeted this and he captioned it. The the only the the uh, the first time I agree with Joe, and it was all over CNN, <laughs> all over MSNBC. This that same night, and I, rem- I I was I was watching a clip on Twitter, and I'm like, oh my god, you gotta be kidding me! <laughs> like they actually they actually have to fact check this stuff. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, the media really blows it all out of proportion. I don't think the media understands that humor exists. And another mm. example is that Confetti thing. I mean. Obviously a typo. I don't think Trump actually meant Confefi because why would he? But that was actually in the news for a while and it was all through social media and people just jump on the wildest things nowadays. No one takes the time. Or like, uh, do do you remember that that video that went viral of uh, the Photoshop of Trump's face on the, uh, what what was it? Um, Not Men in Black, like the British Men in Black, Kingsman. And he's like shooting uh, up the entire church, and it's all the. Oh, <laughs> I love that. The news so places. Much. That one was pretty yeah. blown up. <laughs> carpe. I think that's a carpe thing again. But he, they, they pasted his face on John Wick was one of them, and the other one was the Kingsman. And he was like, he had a pistol, and he was shooting the uh, the media, and it, it was hilarious. It was just pure hilarious. But I obviously it didn't go so well with the, with the media. Um, but I don't know. I, well, I think the, the media uh, doesn't like anything that breaks conformity and their system of doing things. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of sad. And another example of, and this isn't, this isn't Trump, but the media with comedy, they, they absolutely hate comedy. They hate comedy that, um, that breaks boundaries. It was the Golden Globes and Ricky Gervais was up there on stage and he was telling the actors, you get your award. You come up here, you say, you thank your your, your mom, your dad, your, your nan, whatever you got to thank. But don't sit there and act like you're better than, than the citizens of, of the United States or, or however which way he said it. Because Apple was there because Apple launched their streaming service and uh, Tim Cook was there. And obviously they got their sweatshops in, in India and China and all that. So basically Ricky Gervais was saying, stop acting like you're... You're some saint because you're working for a company that's hiring that you know they're making your iPhone in India or whatever for ten cents an hour or whatever. And I I thought that was funny because he's he's one of the first people in Hollywood that's really well he's not the first but he he's one of the first that's kind of you know not acting like the rest of them like oh you got to be a a Democrat you know sure I, know. It's, I mean it's dangerous when you're when you're a big figure like that to say anything. That that breaks their system because they're gonna do something. They're they're, they're gonna take yeah. you down. Oh yeah, but yeah. I saw that. And I, I, what, I agree. What do you it's think? Actually, really funny to see, and I thought it was a great, great uh, speech. Or I don't know if you'd call it a speech, but it, it was funny. It was comedic, and I really loved watching the reactions of everyone in the audience looking at him, just getting mad. Because he had a point. I mm-hmm. mean. All of these figures, they're making how much money? They're not common people. That that should be fact of life. But they act as if they are, and then they make these donations or they make this symbol of superiority, and they act like we should all be doing it. But they don't really acknowledge that we're just in very different spheres, and we, we can't do what they do, and they shouldn't be looking down on us like they do in that sense. And it was really cool to see someone point that out for once. Yeah, the, I mean the way I look at it, it doesn't it doesn't matter who you are. Um, you know, Hollywood they've they've thought this for years. 
they think they they're above everyone. They think they have this like secret knowledge that we none of us know. Um, sure, you do something good, you know, like for instance, uh, a lot of these Hollywood actors they're worth millions, if not hundreds of millions. Um, like I remember one one instance was uh, this went viral on Twitter. Um, it was George, former President uh, George H.W. Uh, Bush was talking to Ellen DeGeneres at some like ba- football game or something, and it was tr- number one trending on Twitter. I it's like seriously, so liberals are not not liberals, but Democrats aren't allowed to speak with Republicans. Like it, it makes no sense to me. Their logic, I, I don't. <laughs> I, it makes no sense. It just doesn't. Yeah, it really goes back to that divisiveness thing. It's it's a shame that just two people from opposing parties talking is all of a sudden news. I mean, regardless of the people, yeah. you should be able to have a right wing or a Republican, a left wing or a Democrat, and they should be able to just talk to each other. They should be able to communicate. They don't have to agree, obviously. I mean, there's two different ideologies, but the fact that it's newsworthy yeah. that it happened or these celebrities get so much attention when they say something when it's really not their their place to say so necessarily it's it's wild yeah i was watching this um it, i don't i must have been it might have been mark dice uh on on youtube and he was going around uh hollywood asking people on uh, random people on the street questions about um he was comparing um uh policies and I think it, it was back in like it must have been 2017 or maybe it was 2016, and the one policy was of um, of Hillary Clinton. Uh, the other policy was Donald Trump, and he they were walking around. Uh, he was walking around Hollywood, and he was asking these random people, but he was tricking them. He said that uh, so I, this example, Hillary Clinton and, and Donald Trump. He was saying that Donald Trump's plan was Hillary Clinton's plan, <laughs> and. Hillary Clinton's plan, plan was Donald Trump, but because you know it was it was Hillary Clinton, they were always saying, "Oh, that's a that's a good plan, that's a good plan." And then when he revealed that it was Donald Trump's plan, they were like, "No way!" It, I bamboozled you. <laughs> <laughs> it's I. You just admitted. Literally, like I, I don't know. It's uh, it's crazy. I, but, I don't know if that's the right way necessarily to go about it. That's very uh attacky <laughs> like you think if, that's attacky like if i was a uh so, someone that worked in the movie industry or the film industry and i had to keep you know a certain certain way i if i had to look a certain way so people wouldn't fire me i mean i wouldn't want someone coming up to me and, and tricking me like that if oh, i'm no, choosing to be actors. silent about it then these Whatever. weren't actors. These were random citizens walking on the oh, sidewalk in Hollywood, in Hollywood oh, Boulevard. I thought, I, yeah, I thought you were talking about. I, I guess I was completely. No, uh... I should have explained that better. But yeah, <laughs> it it was something. I I just we're in such a divided country, and it's it's kind of crazy because people, if if you like something, you shouldn't like you shouldn't be afraid to say if you like something or you, or you don't. For sure. It it's crazy. It's just it's mad, and uh, this this you know has a lot of lot to do with Silicon Valley, also where you can't post things online, like Facebook, for instance. I've had I have friends on Facebook that have been shadow banned or banned on Facebook, shadow banned because they post pro Trump or they share pro Trump Trump stuff. It's just I don't know. I, I we live in a in a country that you should be allowed to share your point of view. I mean, that's basically what it's built on. But it's it's like it's almost not allowed. Yeah, I fully agree. And you see yeah. that in the cancel culture nowadays where there's just oh, some yeah. small, maybe it's a conservative <laughs> show and people will storm it. They'll talk to all the advertisers and be like, you really can't be on this show. It's conservative. Yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> and I'm sure it happens the other way too, but I've only seen it on the conservative side. <clears throat> And it's it's a shame because, like you said, you should be allowed to voice your opinion. You should. There's nothing wrong with being on the other side of the aisle. I totally agree with you. Um, there was one example uh, that so the, so YouTube is becoming a more of a a digital platform for, for media uh, company. Like uh, you'll see a lot of Tonight Show stuff on there. Um, and there was just one example. There's a show, uh, The Fine Brothers. 
and they have this uh, this React show. You probably heard of it, um, but it's very very large. And uh, they had this conservative on there for years. They they do these things where uh, different generations react to things. So like older people will react to things that younger people like music, for instance. Um, so any anything that's really popular, they'll they'll put in front of these people, and they have to share their opinion. Old listen to Nirvana for the first time. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, this guy was a a conservative. And they did the whole Trump versus Hillary thing. And he was pro-Trump. Like, this guy, he's a business owner. He gets it. He understands, you know, we we can't, I mean, we're, we're a capitalist country. We should stay that way. Business owners can't afford to to up the minimum wage unless, you know, they, they're planning on cutting hours or whatever. So, so uh, he was under, understanding about that. He got fired from the show, like, within a couple months because... People were going to advertise because they work with a lot of big studios, Hollywood studios. If I'm, I, I don't don't quote me on this, but I believe Warner Brothers funds them, and uh, that guy wasn't isn't isn't on there anymore. Like he got kicked off pretty quickly. But it's just crazy. So, cancel culture. I know you brought up cancel culture. That's um, that's definitely something nowadays. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Can- <laughs> cancel culture is just generally bad news. It's just. People being overly toxic and trying to just silence anything that they do not like. And it's 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 exactly it's I would say it's directly correlated with the problems with all of what we've pretty much been talking about today. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> didn't you do a paper on cancel culture? Isaac? Oh, yeah, sure. It's just it was just a school paper. But, yeah, I, yeah. I went around and I asked like just general random people trying to get um, people with different views to answer my questions about what they what they what they if they knew what cancel culture was about what they thought of about who they thought was really the driving force. And it's typically people just think it's the opposite side as them. You know, if they're Republican Democrats, they're canceling people. If they're Democrat, they're like, Republicans are canceling people. I mean, it's definitely Democrats canceling people. But but it's, <laughs> it's just interesting to see people point their finger at the other side and just say, it's them. They're the problem. See? Y- y- you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. What do you, What is your take on cancel culture, Thomas? Well, just as a whole, no matter what you're saying, unless you're directly inciting violence or directly putting down a minority class of some sort, you you have the right to say what you want to say. And I know that the First Amendment only applies to government. However, I think, at least in principle, it should apply to everyday life. So if you got, if your podcast keeps going and you eventually get some advertisers and then people go, oh, we don't like what that Brody or that Isaac or that Gage kid is saying. And then they go to your advertisers. That's just wrong. Unless you guys are directly inciting violence against someone. And I, I mean, I, really I, I think, I, I think that's basically defamation at that point. And I think we've kind of lost sight of what defamation really is in our modern politics. Totally. Yeah. And defamation, I, yeah, it's I, a crime. People don't really get in trouble for it anymore, though. They just get fines if they hurt their business, but they don't. You don't get in trouble anymore if you completely ruin someone's social ability. Because or now say everyone the hates thing. them. <laughs> yeah. Or say something completely <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not true. It, I mean, it also... Uh, so here's an example of uh, a couple of years ago. The Oscars, uh, Kevin Hart was was uh, was supposed to, to host. And because of some something that, that he said on Twitter... 10 plus years ago they uh, they fired him and you should like i i don't remember what he said it, it was something I, I, in regards to to uh to the homosexual side of the it, it was i think it was just, i think it was if if my uh if my son was ever ever told me he was a homosexual i i would i would think such and such i can't remember what it was but it was it was bad it was i think it's bad if my kid is gay <laughs> But it was a joke. He's a comedian. Right. And he made people laugh. But 
you know, he became, you know, t- uh, a couple of years ago, Kevin Hart was on top. Like oh. everyone knew who Kevin Hart was and he, still to this day, but, but, um, he had an opportunity to host the Oscars and they completely fired him because some social justice warrior keyboard, purple haired people were <laughs> offended. It's, <laughs> it's like, come on. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like that word because everything triggers everyone. Like Gage, you should I, just I, you should walk around with a big banner on your shirt that says trigger warning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We uh when back in 2016 we got this big ass Trump 20 uh, 2016 sign. We put it on our barn. It was it's facing the the uh, the road. And this was before like now I drive through Maine and I see Trump signs, Trump flags all over the on properties, all that stuff. In 2016, you didn't see that as much because obviously people were afraid, and um, and now it's like no one really cares. He's doing, you know, now they know he's doing a good well, job. He's proved so himself. In 2016, he, he was a risky candidate. He he was someone we oh, yeah. didn't really know how, what he was going to do. He had been on both sides of the party, but now we've seen him in action. Seen that he is working hard. Seeing that he's doing things that make sense and not doing harm to our country. So people obviously are going to feel more comfortable supporting him. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he definitely has. Uh, but mo- pivoting one one more time, I, I got to ask you, Thomas. So we spoke last time and um, Mike Bloomberg was still in the race. And now the 2020 election race, all we have left is Bernie and Joe Biden. What is your take on that? Because Senator Elizabeth Warren's out. Um, all the like Mike Bloomberg, who we thought was going to do really well on Super Tuesday, didn't do well at all. He dropped out. He wasted about five hundred million dollars trying to buy an election, which he obviously didn't do. But yeah, this is crazy stuff. Yeah, well, the first thing I'd like to say is don't forget Tulsi. As far as I know, she's still in the race. Uh, making a yeah. big change, I guess. <laughs> but, I haven't seen her. I haven't seen her at a debate. So, has anyone? Um, but she's technically still in there. I, I find Bloomberg dropping out super reassuring, if nothing else, for the fact that he spent so much money. And that just really proves to the American people, the registered voters, the voters who aren't registered because they're skeptical. This really just proves that you can't buy an election. Like, you need something else. Bloomberg had so much money, and he got almost no delegates. He won, I believe, only Samoa, which, again, just yeah. goes to show that you need something behind it. People accuse Trump all the time of being in his position just because he's rich. And sure, the money helped, but quite obviously, he had something behind his money. He had right. an agenda. He had things he planned to do, promises he made, promises he's kept. And yeah, I'm, I'm really glad, and I hope that the American people see that as some reassurance. Well, the crazy thing is, everyone in the in the in the uh, Democrat nominees, uh, all they were running on was to to beat Trump, and uh, that isn't going to get you win win you an election, right? Yeah, he, now, he now basically had no policy. Now we're left with communist Bernie. And and Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe, Sleepy Joe, (laughs) Super Super Thursday, oh Super Tuesday, oh my God, I think he, I swear to God, he's what was that? I I really think you hit the nail on the head. You can't win and won't win an election if your only campaign is I can beat the other guy because that's. That's not reassuring, again, to the American people. They see the great economy. They see the low unemployment. They like that. And if all you have to say yeah. is, oh, well, I'm going to stop him, that there's nothing there for people to vote on because they like what they see. And they're going to need at least some sort of counter plan to work with. They just they just and they just don't like the controversy. I mean, I remember hearing, uh, geez, I think it was Bill Maher say that he hopes that there's a recession because that'll mean Trump probably won't get reelected. And it's like, that's not, people lost their house in 2007, 2008. Like, I feel like people are taking the Democrats, especially politics way too far because just because you don't like a guy 
doesn't mean you need to wish the wor- wish the worst upon the 300 million odd American citizens. Like that's just it's not it's not right to me. I I feel like politics is getting too too deadly. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree. That's just such an awful thing to say. I mean, he's right in the sense that if the economy was to tank, that would really hurt Trump and that look really bad. But it isn't. It hasn't. It probably won't. But to just wish that that would happen purely for political gain, I just I can't even fathom that we allow that to happen nowadays. I I don't either. Um, but hey, I mean he, the economy's great. It's a great time to invest your money. You know, I've talked to quite a few people. Uh, they they tell me their four hundred one ks are looking quite nice right now. So <laughs> I mean, buy the dips, buy the dips. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I think I I think he's doing a good job. But at the end of the day, you're not gonna have. So a lot of people like I, I told you this when I when I met you in person, Thomas, uh, I graduated high school last June and a lot of people at my school were very much like they didn't want to register. They had no interest in politics. But the only reason was because it's too controversial for them. And when I hear that, I always I always cringe because it's like. You want to know something? We live in a democracy. The only like, – I, I know someone who – the main election, um, Janet Mills became governor. And I saw him on Facebook constantly uh, annoyed at her and was so disappointed in the election results. Well, this guy didn't end up – didn't vote at all. So someone, someone had commented on his post and, and was saying, well, you know, you, you, didn't, uh, you didn't vote. So you should you have no room to, to talk about, it. and that's true. But yeah, you, then you that. think about it on a larger scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isaac, you, you think about it on a larger scale. Three hundred million odd American citizens, and about eighty million of them are voting. It, I don't know. I think that's crazy. People need to vote. <laughs> but, but Absolutely, yeah, I mean, it's you, you, they're the ones that are. Comp- yeah, yeah, continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's. It's really wild to me that people don't care. It's one thing to think that you're not as well-informed as you should be because you see all these pundits on TV and they know what they're talking about, but this is their career. They have time to spend every minute of every day reading the news. Yeah. And it's just not feasible for the average American working 40 hours a week to be able to be at that level. But it's not too hard to have a general understanding of what's going on. Just read the paper every now and then. But people just simply don't care. Even though politics is how society is run, it's such a huge aspect of our lives from everything from the economy, including our 401ks to social stuff like should gay marriage be legalized and to completely not care about any of that stuff is it shouldn't be a hard sell to get someone to register to vote and then to vote. But for some reason, it really is. Yeah. Well, the problem is um, a lot of media is extremely biased. So, it's hard to not constantly look at politics because you watch, for instance, for years, my family has, has, has watched CBS because TV five, you know, we watch local news and then it goes to the, to the world news. And that, that CBS is very biased along with ABC, you know, uh, NBC and all that. And it's hard. It's really hard to see the positions of everyone when you have to watch so many different news outlets people it's just not feasible people don't have the time and i just wish that media news especially didn't have a bias and just told you the straight facts as it is i mean i think let you make your own opinion i think that's what news is supposed to be that that's uh, that's the that's the point of news it's to assist you in your understanding of what's going on but instead they're trying to spoon feed people what they want them to think Absolutely. And a lot of people think the reaction to that, instead of fixing the news, a lot of people think the reaction should be, oh, just read and listen to the news on multiple different websites, multiple podcasts from each side, meet somewhere in the middle, which is great in theory, because you're right, you can kind of triangulate what the real facts are, and then you can make your opinion. But that does lengthen the process, as opposed to if they just gave you the bare bones facts without the commentary, without the bias. And if you have to triangulate everything yourself, like I said, it takes longer. And again, 
people are working 40 hours a week. They have their job. They have their social lives. They have families to bring up, families to feed. They don't have time to go to three different websites every day for one article. So we really need to fix the media, get things less biased, get the facts so the people can make their own decisions. I mean, part of that is why I think it's so important that people should try to talk to each other more with politics, because right now no one's open to talking about politics with one another. But if if we share what we think with one another, that will really help meld, you know, ideas together and and help everyone have a better understanding of things. Yeah. And just to go off that a little bit more, uh, it, it's awesome when people are talking about politics because that, that's how you shape your own views. I mean, you don't have to adopt the view of the other side, but kind of with the triangulation thing again, if you're talking to someone and they bring up a valid point, maybe you shift your stance just a little bit and then you have a better understanding, a better idea of how things should be. But if you're just talking to people of your own party or your own ideological uh, train of thought, then it's not going to accomplish much. We really need to somehow normalize talking to the other side. Yeah. And that's why I think uh, Steven Crowder's Change My Mind does so well, because people like that, uh, having a, a, a civil conversation. Um, you know, I've talked to Isaac and Brody many times, and I they've, they've helped make, uh, they've helped me look at a different aspect of things. And I appreciate that because that's how you you uh, create a middle ground is having a conversation. And I think that's why Congress is so it's so hard to get things done nowadays is because you have both sides bickering. You need to just have a civil conversation and the Democrats need to put their you know cards on the table. The Republicans need to do the same. We need to put this. You know, I'm Republican, I hate Democrats, and oh, I'm a Democrat, I hate Republicans thing aside when, you know, leave that at the door. That is the only way that a democracy like ours is going to prosper. And I don't know, that's just, that's, that's, that's kind of my, my look on it. (laughs) I mean, I mean, in part, I think that could be just due to the, the limited political party system that we have. What's what's your take on that, Thomas? Directly working in a party for how 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 the how the party system works is the party system a good thing? Does it bring harm? Well, all, what do you all think? like everything else, there's bonuses and there's negatives. I mean, the negative would be that you do end up with people who only vote for Democrats or only vote for Republicans, and even though we have third parties, they don't get a whole lot of look, but I'd say the majorities are definitely uh, much more beneficial than the negatives. So, for example, like, I, like I've been saying, it's hard to keep up with every nitty-gritty aspect of politics. Sometimes you forget to look into your local election. Or actually, in Maine, in Brewer, we had a special election due to someone passing away, unfortunately. And sometimes you don't hear about that in time. There wasn't a whole lot of campaigning for this guy because he didn't have as much time as a traditional candidate up for re-election. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know the two candidates, it's super helpful if they're in a party because then you know at least a generalized idea of who they are as a person. You know how they, they'll vote on certain key issues. So there are a lot of benefits to being in a party and understanding the two-party system. Sure, that makes, well, that makes a lot of sense. Well, what would you say, like a theoretical, I've said this in the past many times, but do you think politics would be a lot smoother if we drop the party system and people just ran as themselves with the policies they have, rather than having this like shell, the RNC and the DNC being a part of it, because I feel like that's really what makes politics so toxic is when you have those giant uh, parties behind you, because that, that makes it controversial. And I, I think if you had people running for themselves their their policies, I, I think that I feel like that would be a lot smoother. But what, what do you think? Well, you see that that's an interesting thought experiment. I'm not sure if I'd say smoother, but it would be it would be interesting because then you'd have candidates with no no affiliation with a the party. They're running. You have no idea what to expect until they start speaking. Which but you'd also, actually you'd have to listen to them to know if you like them or not. What a crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it would be wild to have people actually listening and paying attention, but but that would also <laughs> move some of the bias. I know a lot of Democrats personally that actually wouldn't mind Trump or other Republican candidates even that I've spoken to them about. But actually, here's an example. I went door knocking two years ago and mm-hmm. knocked on a Democrat's door. Obviously, I won't give their address or name, but we went, hey, this is <laughs> this is my guy. He's running. And their response was, look, you can just stop right now. I am voting Democrat up and down the ticket. I don't know who's running and I don't care. I'm only voting for the Democrats. And that if there is a negative to the two-party system, it's that people can do that. If there wasn't parties, I don't know if it's feasible to actually get rid of them. I think people would form their own coalitions anyway. But assuming we could get rid of the parties, there would be the benefit of people would not be able to party line vote without knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think nowadays, you know, you have all the, you have so much bias in politics and it's like, you you have some people that run on good, on good positions, but a lot of people that have good ideas never run for any office because of the simple fact that they don't want to be considered a Republican or a Democrat. It's it's very hard, and there's no chance of an independent becoming president, or or even um like the Green Party or the uh, the Libertarian Party because they just have such a small voter base. Um, you have the RNC and the DNC, which are the two big boys, and uh, <laughs> it's just it's yeah. I mean, it's it's very difficult to uh, to to run on a small a smaller party. So if there weren't parties, I feel like we'd have a lot more people like that had to listen more educated on politics, but which I mean, I actually, think that's the reason why people like the party so much because it's just, it's an opening for laziness. I mean, as, as Thomas did say, it does make a lot of sense in a lot of ways because you can get a general idea of what someone's going to be like from it. Yeah. But yeah, pe- people yeah. are lazy. So they're not, instead of having, starting with a general idea, and then looking f- for more information. Instead, they just they stop at that general idea and they're like, okay, let's go with that one. There is the major benefit, though, of parties. They're not just there. So there's a D or an R next to a candidate's name. The parties also function as a way to assist to the candidates when they're running. So mm-hmm. let's say there's no parties. So someone like Donald Trump wants to run. Sure, you have to listen. You have to be more informed. But... Maybe Trump's a bad example. He has quite a bit of money himself. But let's say Joe Blow doesn't have a lot of money, doesn't have any connections. That's where a party can step in and really help them advertise, help them get a volunteer base, and help them get their name known so they can actually make it to debate stages, make it onto TV, and actually get the voters to know who they are. Because it would be, if there was no parties, I'd have to imagine it would be nearly impossible to get adequate television timer get your name out there, get the name recognition you need to win elections. Sure. Yeah. Well, th- we have this problem in Congress. A lot of people that want to go into, uh, into a political you know, run for the Senate or the house. Um, a lot of people like, so let's say you have your own political views. Some of them are liberal. Some of them are Democrat. Obviously uh, you'd probably want to run as an independent, but and now it's like uh, the chances of getting elected in that sense. Like we have in Maine, Angus King, he leans more left. Uh, we have Susan Collins leans more right. Um, but you, you, you have all the, the you. So one thing that I'm I, I dislike a lot is career politicians, no term limits in, in Congress. But but uh, if if I feel like it'd be very hard to have to get anything done if uh, if. Right now, especially because you have the two-party system and you have people that, that believe in the ideologies of the RNC and the DNC. And it's just, there's a lot of bickering because no one can agree on anything, especially like when Trump was trying to, to uh, acquire funding for the wall. There was so much bickering. And I believe, didn't they, for the impeachment, they had a recess or something. They went on a holiday break just because, uh, no, they, they had the vote before holiday break just because they didn't want people on the Demo- on the DNC side to go home, talk to their families, and then maybe ch- change their vote. They were so adamant on on having that vote done. 
I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, you, oh, don't have a conversation with a Republican because, oh, your mind might be changed. But <laughs> that'd be the worst. <sighs> we can't have that'd that. That'd be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. What do you What do you think about that, Thomas? Oh, what do I think about what exactly? <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't. I don't know. We're, yeah, we're, this is this is a new concept. <laughs> Please engage. Give them a chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This this is a new concept. Just having a guest on. Usually, yeah. usually when it's just myself, Brody, and Isaac, it's like whoever wants to talk talks. We, we just Brody, we just ramp, We mumble. <laughs> yeah, Brody, you still alive? Yes. Yes. Okay. Good. Cool. <laughs> Thought we lost the coronavirus um, for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So final final thoughts. We're we're getting into about an hour. Um. So what do you what are you what is your prediction for for 2020 as far as uh how do you think that who do you think will be the nominee of the Democratic mm-hmm. side? Obviously, you're not a time traveler or as as <laughs> far as we know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, what, what what can you tell the listeners? What do you think about about what the current uh, the current uh, uh, debate stage looks like, and uh, who do you think will take the the nominee home? Well, first of all, I can promise I'm not a time traveler. That much I can assure you of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, right now, I hate to say it, I don't think Tulsi's going to get it. I <laughs> I don't think she has the support. But between Bernie and Biden, it's going to be interesting. I think Biden's going to take it right now. He's looking like the front runner. And I, I mean, much like happened last time Bernie ran, he had, he has really good grassroots, but he just can't get through to the nomination. I don't think the democratic party really wants him, the establishment anyway. So I think it's going to end up Biden Trump. And you said earlier, Biden's a gaffe machine. He's, He's called Sleepy Joe. I think he should be called Creepy Joe. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. Melissa Girl's hair is questionable. <laughs> yeah. but, but, I want that man my president now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think it's him versus Trump. And when you look at the promises Trump has made, the promises Trump has kept, I, I can't see how Trump doesn't win it. The economy's great. Trump's doing just a wonderful job. He's appointing justices. And... Biden, again, doesn't really have much of a platform other than look at the president we had last time. I was known to be part of his thing, and that's, <laughs> that's not a strong case. No, not really. really. Oh, I can beat Trump, which I think we're all seeing isn't really that much of a clear victory for him. And even if, yeah, it's just not a good position to have. He doesn't have many unique thoughts. He forgets who's his wife, who's his sister. He forgets what day it is. <laughs> He's just not a strong candidate. <laughs> So it's it's going to be a win for Trump, yeah. I think. I mean, I mean, imagine if we if we had Creepy Joe in office, okay? The school visits, especially elementary school visits to the White House, they would skyrocket. Imagine <laughs> all all the young children he could deeply embrace. <laughs> I'd start homeschooling my kids. I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Did. Those videos of Creepy Joe though. <laughs> Uh, th- and then the whole Hunter Biden thing, that's another thing. Trump, I can't wait for the presidential debates because Trump is going to wreck him. Like, seriously, if he's the nominee. Yeah, not ooh. just does Trump have great policy and he's done super well as the president. He's just beautiful on the debate stage. Watching him last cycle was just a treat, honestly. And I can't <laughs> wait to see yeah. how he performs against Biden or if I'm wrong against Bernie. I'm just I'm really excited to watch it. I am too. But uh but yeah, so I think we've just about run out of time for today. Uh we've been uh this is an hour podcast. Uh uh so thank you Thomas Young. Um so I, I know that you uh so why don't you tell the, the listeners um at home how they can help join the the main GOP or the GOP of their state. Um yeah, to try, help tr- tell them how they can get involved and help. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're in Maine, you can contact me at thomas.young at maingop.com. Uh, if you're in another state, I'm not well versed on how you can get involved. I would recommend go to your local Republican committee meetings, county meetings, anything Republican meeting, and you're bound to find something. Trumpvictory.com, I believe, has a few sign up sheets. Uh, yeah, and that's that's really how you get involved. Yeah. At the very least, please go vote. That's that's really my main yes. main point. In November, go vote. 
Yeah. Doesn't matter what you vote for. Go vote. <laughs> Potentially making America great again. Or keeping America great again. Sorry. Uh, but... <laughs> Well, guys, I hope you did enjoy this episode of the Mindy Mumbles podcast. Thank you to our special guest, Thomas, for coming on. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. <laughs> no worries. No worries. It's, it's been a treat. It's, this, has been, this has been a good conversation. Yeah, so, I, uh, I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brody, are you still alive? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay, good, good, okay. Oh, second time, second time. But, uh, yeah, so thank you guys all for listening. Uh, if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash middaymumbles. Again, that's patreon.com slash middaymumbles. One more time, patreon.com slash middaymumbles. And, uh, yeah, so final thoughts. Did anyone have anything to say before we end out the episode? Oh, Gage, Gage, we didn't we didn't reply to Josh in his email. He sent us oh, an email. Oh crap! Yes, <laughs> yes. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We we finally got. We've been we've been pestering <laughs> people to send us emails, and we got an email. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, so from Josh, one of our listeners, he says, "Hey, Gage, Isaac, and Brody. My name is Josh from San Jose, California. I I actually, when I first read this, I thought it was San Jose. I'm kind of a retard." Uh, <laughs> San Jose, Jose, California. And I am a huge fan of the podcast, and I hope you are all doing well today. I have been listening since the first episode, and I have a question. So there's a joke where you guys have mentioned flipping a switch, and everyone laughed. Can you explain why that's funny, or am I stupid? By the way, I don't mind uh, if you say the first... Okay, thank you, and please uh, continue creating amazing podcasts. That, Th- thank I, th- that's you. That's a funny... Yes. Thank, thank you, you Josh. That is very nice. I, I finally got someone to send us an email. And also, flip the switch. Now that that's a funny story, which we probably should have explained. Yes. So so Mia, me, me, Brody, and Gage, we were all kind of just in a Discord call hanging out. And Gage is getting upset about his internet speed. So we go he goes ahead and he just calls up his internet service provider and he's he's yelling at the dude on the phone that that's not even responsible for like anything to do with how much internet comes into his house and he's like just flip the switch to make it go faster like <laughs> flip the switch. You're making me sound like a bad guy. <laughs> We have we have a hundred megs at our house, and I was getting no more than about twenty megs on the speed test oh, that night. Oh, poor you! <laughs> well, no, it isn't poor me. I, I was uh, we I kept lagging out of stuff, so I called the Spectrum guy. And I'm, I'm being nice. I'm like, hello, you know, I have this problem. You know, this is what we're doing. Uh, we, we pay for this much internet. And I'm getting this much. And he's like, oh, sorry, sir. That's I don't know what to do. I said, just flip the switch. Come on, man. <laughs> Help me out. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's kind of a running joke in our friend group. So, Thomas, yeah. you, the more you know. All right? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, Josh. Uh, if you guys want to send us more emails and be featured in the next episode of the Mini Mumbles Podcast, email us at talkmumbles at gmail.com. I know I speak 100 miles an hour, so I'm sorry about that. Uh, but... Yeah, so, uh, hey, until next time, guys, Gage, Brody, and Isaac, and Thomas, signing off. Bye. See you later. <laughs> See ya.